The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my god. You've got all your charger gear on because you're feeling fresh as hell. Well, you guys better enjoy it. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and touchdown. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for some good content. Well, hello again to all of you. Welcome back to Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Wooldog, sitting with my buddy, Kev Huggin Duggan. Hi, Wooldog. It's damn good to see you, pal. It's fantastic to see you again, sir. Uh, as those can see, we are without Kyle the Coach Duggan this evening. Unfortunately, some scheduling conflicts, some issues arose outside of our control, and uh, Kyle couldn't be here for this episode, Say, but we will bye, get him back. Bye-bye week. It's the bye week, folks. Yeah, I think we'll if, see him next week. if Kyle, the coach Duggan is going to miss an episode, let's have it be the bye week. Yeah, he's getting ready for next week's game. He's prepping just like our coaches. So he can't be go. here because he's got so much work to do. So much to do. Oh, my gosh. There's like Alignments. scheduling and emails and like all kinds of stuff. There's too he's much. Getting Patreon. He's getting our Patreon next thing ready over there. So it's just a lot to do. It's That's very do. true. Yes. For those of you on patreon get ready to see a new video coming in pretty soon here but uh we've got some stuff to talk about here folks it's going to be a little bit of a light episode because uh not a lot of news no, <laughs> first of bye all week oddly bye yeah. week uh not too much news and uh and it's the bye week so we're we don't have a, a game to prep for or anything like that so uh let's start off with the news at the top here this was uh the big news that we saw uh didn't didn't see this coming, actually. We talked about the Chargers needing uh, help in the edge rushing position after losing Joey Bosa for an extended period of time. And now uh, Chris Rumpf is looking to miss some time as well. Uh, yeah. We reached into our address book. We flipped to the A. We started right at the A's and said, hey, what's Jeremy Atachu doing? <laughs> and uh, apparently oh, we've signed him. Yeah, we've got Jeremy back. Uh we, he was a second-round selection for the Chargers in 2014, uh, played in 80 career games and made 23 starts with the Chargers, Jets, Broncos, Bears, and Ravens. Uh, he's registered 133 tackles, 105 solo, 20 and a half sacks, 43 quarterback hits, 32 tackles for a loss, and forced four fumbles and recovered another. Uh, he's also recorded his best season in 2015 with the Chargers with 52 tackles, six sacks, 17 quarterback hits, and 15 tackles for a loss. So this is a guy, veteran, 
obviously, a guy yeah. who's been around, been with the Chargers, and can hopefully fill in for Senior Bosa and Chris Rumpf in that, for that big, matter. Big shoes to fill, but I don't know. It, this is one of those things where everyone on Charger social media was like, okay, big name, let's sign somebody, get somebody in here, let's go, we got to make some, we got to be wheeling and dealing, let's rock and roll. And then right. Jer- Jerry Itauchu, um came up and they're like, oh, hey, hey Jerry, how's it been? How, how, how you doing? Long time no see. Yeah. So, hey, we need we need somebody out there. He's proven he can he can do it. It's not amazing because I think he just got cut off from a practice squad, so that's how he was available. Oh, so really? We're not, okay. We're not getting like the you know the best of the best of the Atauchu, but hey, familiar name. He had his best season as a Charger. So, come on home. We'll see there what we can go. do. Help us out. Get some get some pressure on the, some opposing quarterbacks and help our boy Mac out a little bit. Who knows? Going a, a cr- across from Mac, he might be like, "Whoa, shit! This this is pretty sweet, pretty easy. I like this." <laughs> right? Um, yeah, we we were looking for for a big name, uh, but I, I think the other thing to take into consideration here, folks, is I, I just saw the other day what the uh, the Chargers. Uh, cap space was, and I think we were sitting at four point something million dollars. So, not exactly in the position to make a big splash of like, well, Joey Bosa is going to sit out, and we need to bring in the big guns. Let's pull the trigger and bam! Like, no, it's like we got, <laughs> I got a couple of do. bucks here. Let's we got to pay the guy the uh, the veteran minimum. I'm sure at the very least, if not slightly more, because I mean he's holding all the cards right now. He could be like, well. I'll do it for 1.5 or some, you know. <laughs> no, he's he's definitely doing veteran minimum. That's I don't coming from a practice squad, I don't think you have much leverage. I think he's just going to be happy that he's going to be playing football on Sundays, to be honest. And, and honestly, I don't know if you I can't remember if he was around for when we got the new uh the new jerseys. So I no. might be like, "Shit, I just want to see my name on one of the sweet ass jerseys. I was here for the no, old school jerseys." He was gone right before that, I believe. I don't remember yeah, seeing the so Tauchu jersey. That that was probably like, look, buddy, how about this? Let's we'll get you one of those sweet new jerseys with the sweet bolts on them, the powder blue. You like powder blue, don't you, Jeremy? Uh-huh. Like that. <laughs> so look good, feel good, feel good. Look good, play feel good. good, and uh and you know, hit a hit a quarterback every now and then if you could do that, if that's in Come your on. wheelhouse. Let's go. Um yeah, so that that's pretty much been it, folks. That's been the big news that dropped. Um, not, not too much else to, to talk Every, about. So everybody really wants to go after a wide receiver. And I think it's something we should, I mean, it's really understandable, consider. but yeah, yeah, like I, what's, they, they what's get, the realistic, I, I'm not too worried about the money stuff. I, they get creative with this shit all the time. Like the, course, the yeah. crazy bears trade that just happened. Like the bears, what are was paying, the bears trade? I it see. was uh, Quinn, the edge rusher went to the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, they wow. just traded for him today and the bears are eating up his salary. They're they're paying really? for his salary, basically most of it. So you can wow. that can happen in trades. So if they, you know, coupon Tommy can find a way, get us a speedy receiver that can kind of take the top off and let Justin uh, kind of whip it around. You know what I mean? Boy, that would be that would be that would be an ultimate test of of his uh, ninja skills if he can pull something <laughs> off like that. So extra um, ninja. Yeah, we'll have to wait with bated breath, but. Uh, um, while we're waiting to find out what's gonna what Tommy's gonna do, um, you can head on over to patreon.com slash charger chat and uh, check out our Patreon. We've got a Patreon here, folks. We've got a bunch of stuff over there right now. We've got a couple of videos. We got more coming down the pike. Um, 
We're having a great old time over there. I mean, we, we shared a clip last week. We're laughing all the time and we've got uh, lots of big stuff planned over there at Patreon. So uh, feel free to go check it out. Patreon.com slash Charger Chat. And if you're not feeling up for Patreon, that's a okay. You can go on over to chargerchat.com. Check out all the cool stuff we've got over there. T-shirts, hoodies, and stickers. You can chat it up with other Charger Chat tiers in our member section and ask questions and ask both fam. So go check it out, chargerchat.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Well, with it being a light episode, we're leaning heavy into our segments right now, folks. We've got a Bolt Insight and a Craig Experience lined up. We're starting it off with Bolt Insight. Uh, This is a big name for us because we've seen this guy's name on Twitter. We've quoted him quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. So this is somebody that, you know, we're going to bury the lead a little bit. You're not going to quite know, but yeah, no, somebody that has access to players has literally, when I was talking to him, said, yeah, I talked to Brandon. We all know who Brandon is. So if you want a little insight on, on what's going on basis. in the locker room <laughs> and what's going on, this I was thrilled that he was available to come on for our bye week and talk and really give us some fantastic insight. And, wow. you know, believe it or not, a lot of positivity in there, not only for our guests, but for the locker room. So we will. Well. <laughs> Look at that. Well, Roll it. As soon as the clock starts, your ass mine. When I met Justin Herbert, man, that dude is big as hell. You know, the goal is to just keep it rolling. Come in hype because we have a lot of things to be excited about. All right, guys, we're back with another Bolt Insight, and we are super lucky to have Nick Cothrell with us. What is going on, Nick? It's the bye week. You know, there's there's been a lot of... Uh, a lot of talk at different angles and stuff with the Chargers, but uh, we've finally hit that bye week. You know, a lot of injuries going on, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it's time for the team to reset and, uh, you know, take advantage of that week off. Awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, Nick is the uh, the reporter for ChargerReport.com. He's the beat reporter, so he's got access to all the players. And this is perfect because as fans, we're just all talking on the perimeter. We're just making guesses. We're trying to figure out what's going on. So right now, it's not a great time for Charger fans, like a pretty bad loss, pretty bad injury luck. Um, what What is the energy like in the, you know, the locker room? Is it like, is ever, are all the players like how we're feeling right now? Or is it like, not not quite at that level. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's just Chargers fans, but just in general, like it, when when they win, it's like the high is probably higher than it needs to be. And when they lose, the energy is probably lower than it needs to be. And really, that's just the reality. And it's not just the Chargers. I think that's across the board uh, for every NFL team. Um, with it being a buy, I haven't been, you know, inside the locker room since since that last loss, which like you mentioned, was was pretty devastating. You know, things really went south on him there. 
but leading in leading into the first seven games, you know, I was able to be in the locker room and kind of get a gauge of where things are at after, you know, the wins. They went on that three game winning streak. Obviously, they also had some lows losing two of the first three games. So it kind of got to see a, lo- a little bit of everything. And really, I, I think I, I have the sense that like the players are still fully bought into Brandon Staley. Like I know there's been talk about, you know, how, how are they reacting to, you know, some of his coaching decisions. But truthfully, I really deep down believe that they, they're bought into his, his system and, and, and what he's doing. Obviously, there was that Keenan Allen debacle with, with yeah. his tweet. And, Damn you know, they, they took care of that. And, you know, Brandon Staley, he, he said he addressed it with Keenan. I, I think he was right in saying if, if Keenan was playing and wasn't, you know, sitting on his couch watching the game, probably has a different perspective of that, right? Like sure. Keenan Allen, the work that he's done in those, you know, third or fourth downs, he he's the Chargers guy. Like he probably would be calling for the ball in that situation. So, uh, but just overall, I certainly th- there's there's some accountability um, that needs to be taken, especially after a loss like that. And, you know, Derwin James right after the game was front and center that whether, you know, we're not in the locker room when Brandon Staley's, you know, delivering the speech or anything after the game. Uh, but shortly after that, you know, Derwin said, there's nobody pointing fingers. We know what we need to do. Um, th- this this isn't this isn't you know, a time where they feel like they need to get down. And Derwin said like, look, we're four and three as of right now, we're, we're still, you know, in position to make the playoffs. Um, and you know, that's coming from Derwin, a guy who's super influential to that team in the locker room. And, you know, to kind of have, I think he is the guy to have kind of, you know, voicing and answering those questions after a tough loss for the team. And, you know, Derwin does that exceptionally. That's awesome. And I'm kind of interested in your your point of view because we were talking a little bit beforehand. This is your first year covering the Chargers. So, you know, what was your your path like to covering the Chargers? And what do you feel like so far, you know, being a part of the Charger team? Yeah, so this is my second season um, on a beat. Last year, I was on the Rams beat. So I uh, went to the Super Bowl my, my, my first year Damn. on the beat. So that was quite the ride. And yeah. then uh, yeah. And then, uh, transitioning over to the chargers, um, March was when I officially made the move. Um, and you know, shortly, I, you know, in March, that's when, you know, free agency went down and, um, you know, all the moves that the chargers made, it was like, man, they, it looks like they're really gearing up to, to try and really make a run towards the super bowl as well. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of factors that go into that, uh, but just, it's been a smooth transition and one that's, you know, there's been highs, there's been lows so far just through these first seven weeks, but uh, de- definitely some that have uh, been interesting, to say the least. Well, let's just hope. It's looking bad now. It's a long season. Let's hope you're a good luck charm and you help us get to that that Super Bowl <laughs> back-to-back years. Dude, that would be amazing. So, um, well, that's cool to hear your story and how, how you got here. And then I w- want to get your your opinion kind of on right now the offense. It's just so weird because last year it was the shining thing we had it was like that the that Lamborghini in the driveway that was always ready to go and this year I, I we we don't know what's going on is it is it the rib cartilage is it the play scheme like what's your opinion and your, your thoughts on that my sense on it is you know Justin Herbert hasn't missed a game he's played through that I, the, the dude is a rock star to, to be able to do that obviously that we saw the pain that he was in late in that Kansas City game 
I think he, you know, he says every week that it is getting better and he's still receiving treatment, but I have the sense that he's, he's, he's not revealing just how much pain he he's in. And I mean, I don't, I don't know from your perspective, but he's had since the injury, he's had games where he looks like the normal Justin Herbert. And he's also had games where he looks like hmm, maybe he's a little off. And I think that was, you know, pretty apparent the last two weeks. Um, but I think it's not, it's not just him. It's also look at the guys he's throwing to, you know, <laughs> it's Keenan Allen not, not being there has just been monumental. And then, you know, Jalen Guyton, well, he's never been that, you know, go-to target. He's the guy that can get to that deep part of the field. Cause we all know Justin Herbert is one of the better deep ball throwers, but when nobody can get to the deep <laughs> yeah. part of the field, yeah. you can't take advantage of his best assets. So, you know, that that's, that's been troublesome. Obviously Joshua Palmer has had an ankle issue. He's had a concussion. Donald Parham has had, you know, that hamstring injury that felt like it was never going away. And then he comes back and boom, he gets hit. You, you lose for Sean Slater, one of the best left tackles. Sure. Jamari Salyer is, you know, he's been awesome, Stepped but up. he still hasn't been, you know, to what Rashawn has, especially, you know, I, I, I think it's, that is really, you know, apparent um, and what he's done in, in like run blocking. And then you have Corey Lindsay, you know, he's, he's, he's been in there and then he's also missed some time. So just all those moving pieces, I think it's really been difficult for the offense. Joe Lombardi was the, was the play caller last year. So like, it's not like they brought in a new offensive coordinator and now all of a sudden they, they, you know, can't figure it out. Certainly his play calling you know, has been under scrutiny. And I think at times that's definitely warranted, but at the same time, I, I'm, I'm sure you see it like on social media, he is probably receiving a little too much of the blame just based on all, all the things we just laid out, right. Yeah. With all those different injuries, most offenses can't overcome that. And yeah. it's, it's uh, to some degree, it's going to take a hit and that's where they're at right now. And then also I, I don't want to leave out. They can't run the ball right now, other than the Cleveland game which looks to be the number one outlier across the first seven games. They haven't ran the ball in any of those six games to, to an extent that they should feel good about because they're obviously leave, still leaving stuff out there uh, when it comes to running the football. And when they can run the ball, they're going to, you know, that's going to open up the passing games and, and, you know, maybe some of those passes are no longer have to, are in those like tight windows that Herbert's having to, to just, you know, fit that ball into right now, it feels like every throw of his, there's no layups. There, there's nothing. It's like he, he's, he's having to shove these into tight windows. If you get the running game, maybe that eases the burden a little bit on, on Justin. And, you know, maybe th that gets the offense going. Who knows? I, I, I think I really do think though, it starts with the offensive line, creating holes for the running game, get that run game going. I think the whole thing gets going because and that one game we saw against Cleveland, when the run game was clicking, the offense just in general felt like it exploded, right? Um, I mean, what, real quick, what did you think of, about that Cleveland game? I, I know, like, Justin only finished with, like, I think, like, 230 passing yards. But by and large, that felt like the best offensive performance. I mean, would you agree? Oh, it was, it was the most fun I've had. I love watching Herbert air it out, but, like, seeing us dominate the run game like that, there's nothing quite like that. And it... it 
it opened up other things. And, and I think that's what I'm excited about is like, I know we are capable of that. It's not like we haven't seen them be good this year at running the ball. They just need to find a way to consistently do that. So everyone that's like doom and gloom, get rid of him, get rid of this guy. I'm like, no, we've seen these moments. We just need to put them all together. And you don't want to bail on somebody before they can really get it all together. You know what I mean? So... So it's 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 interesting in that aspect. You know, we're still four and three. We're still above five hundred. So there's a lot of teams I'm sure would love to be where we're at right now. So I think it's a little perspective there, and you know, we'll get there. It's just a, it's a, it's a growing process on that. And then just your thoughts on the defense, man. Like where, I, it feels like we were supposed to be set up for this awesome thing. Similar thing. Joey Bosa, some of these guys go down. We we're supposed to be this dominant defense, especially against the run. One eighty of what we were last year, and. I don't know what's happening. And, and I'm seeing some stuff with people like, you know, Tillery's in there a lot. They were running on him last year. They're running him on, on him this year. He's playing a lot more. What, what's your perspective on kind of where this defense is and where it can go to, to make us a really solid, solid team? I think the defense is very concerning because everything that they invested in, you know, free agency, training for Cleo Mack, this was this was a defense that was going to have you know give or take six to seven new starters. Obviously, there takes some time to mesh and bring that all together. A lot of the guys had a history of playing for Brandon Staley in you know training camp. They they looked like they were they were coming together quite nicely, and players were even saying like it's clear that these guys have have that experience in playing in this scheme as they were picking it up you know rather rather quickly. And then the first two weeks, it looks like boom. This looks like a this different year, awesome. right? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then it's like ever since then, and even Brandon Staley has said, we're up and down. And that's exactly what they've been. They've been susceptible to allowing, you know, the big run. I mean, that's been really been a theme the last, you know, four or five games. And sure, they come up with, you know, their, their timely interceptions. But at the same time, everything that was invested in this defense and just the star power that they have, they, they've got to be better. They can't get it going on a consistent level. Joey's a big part of that, and he's been gone. But up until this week, when you think about it, he was really the only missing piece. It's not like the offense where you got like a guy here, a guy there. It's like they lost Joey, and, and that's that's massive. But at the same time, it's, they weren't injury riddled, you know, at every level of the defense. So yeah. to, to some extent, you know, you're going to have to overcome those injuries. And with, with that one being Joey, but at this, you know, in another sense, it's like, where, where, where are they going wrong here? Because it feels like th this is my sense is like, it feels like Drew Tranquil is probably having like the best season of his career. 100%. Bryce Callahan has been awesome. Asante has like really held his own. So it's like all these guys are I, Kenneth Murray, probably the same deal. Right. So it's like, when you look at it, it's like, all these guys feel like individually they're taking steps forward, but as a unit, sure, maybe they're a little better than last year, but given everything they poured into it, it it's, it's got, it's, it, it's got to show up when, when it matters most. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hopefully it like just something clicks in. You know what I mean? Like it's, I feel like it's going to happen soon. I really feel like they're just, something's going to snap and we're going to get on the same page and, Thoughts on, you know, huge one, JC Jackson. What do you think on his replacement Vato coming in? And because he's been a starter forever. This is the first year where he's been like, 
what am I doing? Like on the sideline, he came in and, and really saved that Bronco game. Um, so what are your thoughts on him kind of stepping up? And and it kind of feels more like at least how JC was playing up to this point feels more like a lateral step to Vato as opposed to a step back. What are your thoughts on kind of that that process of that? You know, that was actually that, that was actually something I, I, I said to somebody the other day is it, it feels like a lateral move. Um, I think big picture, it's it, it'll be more of a substantial loss because I have a hard. I had a hard time seeing like JC Jackson was going to continue to play like that through, throughout the the entire season because before the ankle the ankle surgery in training camp he looked like a star. I mean he he was doing everything out there, and so that's why it was so puzzling. Like post post that after that surgery, you know what, what's going on? Like he just didn't look like the same guy. I think like you mentioned, Michael Davis. He's he's clearly you know, has the experience in starting in playing for Brand Saley. It seemed like the defense really shifted in that Broncos game when he was in there in, in that second half could be a coincidence, but at the same time, like JC Jackson was getting exposed out there in that game. And then once Michael Davis came in, I believe he only allowed one reception yeah. in the, in that final two quarters and then an, into overtime. Uh, so that was really big. And, you know, I, I, like you mentioned, that it, it feels more like a lateral move. I, I think they'll be fine at cornerback. I wouldn't say their depth now is is great, like like it was having him, you know, come off the bench. Like mm-hmm. these injuries are piling up. Maybe they're, you know, maybe it's a, maybe that's the last of them. Maybe feel, it just will pause from there. We'll just take a break from yeah, the injuries. Exactly. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I think I think you can feel feel fine with Michael Davis being out there. He he's, you know, and Staley has said, like, we view him as a starter. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty he's proven it. So I think they'll be okay there. I I it's just right now a wide receiver and then even just the pro, the production um from that edge spot since Joey went down has really hasn't been a whole lot to uh, get excited about. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so there's a lot to do. Bye week, you know, it's the bye week blues, man. There's no football and we're just trying to we're just kinda all floating around waiting for something to happen. And people are talking about the only thing to really talk about right now is either be pissed off at one of our coaches or something like that, or trades, you know, and all the stuff that's going down. You know, we just saw, was it Quinn um, from the Bears just just went to the Eagles? There's some stuff going on. So is there anything that you're, any players you're seeing, especially on offense, it feels like offense is kind of where we need to address with our injuries. Is there any player you're seeing right now that would be like, okay, you put him in there, Justin's going to be able to change his trajectory, if you will, pun intended. Yeah, I I think think they... Quite frankly, I think they need to go after a wide receiver. Like, I, it it feels inevitable. Like, they they really need to because this offense, like we, we we've just spoken about this offense, it it it's so shocking. I mean, there was a top five offense last year, and now you know they they really can't get much going in, in both in both phases. You know, running the ball and passing the last couple of weeks. Um, I I think Elijah Moore of the Jets makes the most sense. He's He's got that speed that you're looking for. He's he's clearly not happy in New York. He's requested a trade um, because he's not being used, quite frankly. And, you know, he would be used with the Chargers. They desperately need a guy like that. Um, and, you know, with, with Mike out for, you know, at least four weeks and then Keenan, who knows? That, that, that That's kind of an interesting situation because, you know, he said he was on a snap count. And then I actually asked Brandon on Monday, you know, was the plan to just play him in the, in the first half? Because I could be wrong, but I, I'm not familiar with just the first half snap count. Yeah. And then Brandon said that he kind of 
he that Keenan felt like he couldn't quite accelerate to the extent that he wanted to, and they didn't want to push it, um, especially you know have, having the buy. So who knows what, what that even means for Keenan? You know, ideally he he's back and re- they could really you know use him, yeah. especially with with Mike Gout. So I think that just further emphasizes the need there at wide receiver. Um, and then you know there's a couple other guys that have been floating around in terms of trades. Brandon Cooks. I can't, I, I just can't see it based on the contract alone. I believe he has like a $23 million cap pit in 2023. That's a lot. That's pretty rich. Yeah, that, 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 that'll take a lot. And then you got guys like Kadarius, Tony, but he's battled injuries since he got into the league. And we're trying to get away Chargers from that guys. I'm trying to get away from yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> Chargers need guys that are available and uh, he doesn't quite check that box. Chase Claypool is an, he's an intriguing guy because I remember him at the combine running much faster than people originally thought, but it seems like he doesn't quite play, you know, as fast as, you know, his just straight line speed. He's a quality, he's a quality guy. And I, I guess if push comes to shove and they, they need a, they need a, you know, a receiver, he, he would fit that mold. He's on a Ricky, he's on a Ricky contract. So he's not going to be overly expensive, but preferably they need that guy that can get to the deep part of the field to stretch, to really stretch things out. Um, and Telesco hasn't made a trade to acquire a player in his 10 years as general manager, but with everything that they've invested, it feels like everything is on the table just based on their all in approach entering the season. Things have gone haywire, but you know, once they went all in, the expectations were definitely brought up. Uh, so I, I just think that to me, they, they have to make this move to get a, a pass catcher. Yeah, I'm with you. Some speed. Somebody, you know, we miss. Everyone was kind of like, Guyton's okay. But then when you don't have Guyton, you're like, where, where, where are all the bombs? Where are all these 70-yard passes? Yeah. And I think we need to have something like that because we're just, we're not, we don't have it right now. Um, and if we can get Keenan, help us in the intermediate, and somebody to get some jets on and get out there, um, we'll see. Because it, it's like, if if Keenan can't go, and, you know, I, I think he probably does, but he even then he still hasn't played a full game this season. So Herbert could be stuck in a situation where he's, you know, he's trying to operate with Deandre Carter and Michael Bandy and Jason Moore. And it's like, those guys are fine, but none of these guys are number ones, number twos, number threes. Yeah. And to, to a certain point, you know, when you need that crucial third down and these guys are struggling to separate and Justin can't find anybody. That's why your offense stalls out or that's why you go three and out. Because nobody's getting open, like you know, Keenan Allen is just mastered that his whole career, and yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just it, it's such a pressing need right now. I'm with you. We'll see what happens. We got about a week, and then we'll we'll see what goes down. Um, yeah. Well, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming on. You gave us some amazing insight, and you know, for everyone that listens to our show, how can they follow you? How can they check out all your amazing work? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at. Nick Cothrell, uh, N-I-C-K-C-O-T-H-R-E-L. And then all my work is um, on chargerreport.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. So all my work would be up there and typically writing stories every day. Um, Today I released a Chargers mailbag answering, honestly, a lot of of things we discussed today. So um, yeah, just all my work would be up there. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Keep up the amazing work. And we'd love to check back in with you in a little bit. Maybe we'll have the the opposite side of this conversation, a little more optimism and excitement. So maybe uh, we can do that in the future. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, Nick. Really appreciate your time, brother. And we will, uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, Kevin. Well, that has to be truly one of the best Bolt insights we've had on this show. Nick Cothrell, thank you. Uh, so much for coming in and giving us uh, a real inside look into what's going on with this Chargers team and the organization. And, you know, a lot of the things that people are are tweeting about don't hold as much water as they think they might. I mean, given what Nick has been talking about, and Nick has made some great points there for those uh, talking about like the amount of injuries and the really every scenario that has happened so far this season and then going, hmm, Herbert really doesn't quite look the same, does he? It's like, well, yeah, no fucking shit. Like, he's got, like, <laughs> broken ribs, and he's, like, had different players coming in, and all the wide receivers are freaking broken. Like, what do you think is going to happen? You think he's going to be looking just as good as he did last year? It's like, yeah. yeah, no, he's obviously got problems that he has to overcome. And the fact that, like you said, the fact that he's actually continued to play in every single game, what a what an absolute stud. What a guy that just, like, is willing to put the team on his back and and carry them, you know, however far he possibly can. And obviously in these past couple of games, we've seen that that's not enough, that other other guys need to step up. Um, and, and the look at the defense, as far as talking about like, you know, what we all anticipated this defense looking like and seeing flashes, seeing possibilities, but like, yeah, it's been, it's, it has it's been a bumpy road <laughs> to, to yeah. say the well, least and he had a good point too where it was like all these players if you look at Drew Tranquil he's playing out of his mind right now if you look I at K9 point yes we had no expectations for K9 this year it's like maybe he'll get in he's playing fantastic right you know the, these uh, there's a lot of players playing really well individually these we are right now our defense is a defense that gives up big plays at right. really inopportune moments right so if we can focus on that and everything click in, there's no reason why this can't be good. We're going to get some guys back. We, we're going to be relying right. on Jerry Atauchu and some guys that maybe we're not as comfortable as we are with Joey Bosa, but mm-hmm. let's click. It's, sometimes that's what matters most is getting a defense all on the same page and then you just take the next step. So mm-hmm. I just, I, I needed that. I needed his perspective because he's on the inside. We're on the outside. We're making guesses. Absolutely, yes. But it gives perspective to it all. It's like, I know we want to find somebody to blame and get f***ing pissed off and, right. you know, carry the torches and go up to the castle and, you know, all that stuff. But guy was sometimes going to have a little bit of perspective, trying mm-hmm. at least. If not, fair enough. But if you can, it, it's a little, uh, it's a little warmer, it's a little cozier right. on the inside. <laughs> it, it feels better, um, Nick. Uh, first and first of all, I apologize because I didn't know how to pronounce your name. I said it was Cathrell. Clearly, I was wrong. Nick Cothrell, I am a stickler for pronouncing people's names right. God damn it! You Adam. are no, you are no exception, sir. Now that I know, Nick Cothrell, that's all it'll be from this point forward. Thank um, God. I can't thank you enough for for coming on and chatting with Kev, and really looking forward to having you on again in the future because. Uh, again, this kind of an insight our, into the He's team. our man on the inside. He's our man on the inside, yes. And and really helps us, not, I mean, us and anybody that's listening really have a better understanding of what's going on with this team. Um, and you're asking all the all the right questions there, Nick. Thank you again so much for coming on and chatting with Kev. Um, all right, well, now it's time to go on to the next segment. You know him, you love him. 
It's the Greg Experience. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. The oh. Greg Experience. Hello there. Make yourself at home. Got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. You don't have to tell me. It's rough times, man. Rough times to be a Charger fan. We've been down some bumpy roads before. This might be one of the most nasty terrains we've ever traveled. But hey, that's what your boy's here for. Lean on me when you're not strong. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, weather's changing outside. It's throwing the pipes off a little bit. Forgive me. But, uh, yo, let's just talk about what we got to talk about because that's what you came for, right? So, CC gang. The biggest of salutes into the rest of the boat fam. What is going on? She got Craig in Texas and welcome to another edition of the Craig Experience. Let's do what we do. Being that we are all about the shameless positivity here at the Charger Chat, um, it's gonna work our way up from the not so great to the potentially very good. We've been stewing in this Seahawks defeat now for nearly a week. It's time to pick ourselves up. We've got an additional week to kind of figure it out with the bye and prepare ourselves to watch this team come out, hopefully be renewed and make a run for the back half of the season. Guys, we are kind of all been through uh, the key steps in the cycle of acceptance, have we not? Denial, anger, depression, bargaining, finally acceptance. And that's what we have to do to move on. With the acceptance part of it, time to keep this thing going, moving forward. Because what other choice do you have? I mean, you can sit in it, be miserable, become a jaded fan. It's easy to do. But let's look at some other things instead, right? Still love the team and got to support it. They're going through their hard times because think about this, like we're watching it. They're physically on the field dealing with it. Uh, coaching staff cannot be very happy with the performance that they're seeing, whether it be the guys playing or the jobs that they're doing behind the scenes, getting them prepared. JC Jackson injury, heartbreaking to say the least. Uh, ruptured patella, Everyone's looking at the Victor Cruz injury and seeing how he was not able to bounce back and be the same player he was prior to. On the other side of that, you have Jimmy Graham, who had a couple Pro Bowl seasons post his patella injury. So, JC's not done. The book's not been written fully and closed on him. It's going to be a rough road back, but got confidence in the kid. So, Hopefully he pushes through it and we'll see him back and ready to roll at some point next season. Uh, it's going to be a tough rehab process, but uh, if you know anything about JC's background, some of the stuff that he's endured personally, I think he's made of the stuff to come through and uh, see the other side. And 
just looking forward to it, man. So throwing him support. Much love. Mike Williams injury. It's another one of those where kind of throw your hands up. And you think about what is left on the roster as currently constituted. Keenan Allen, now in hindsight, Keenan not playing the majority of that game works out just fine. You guys know I didn't want him to play at all. Give him the extra two weeks to completely heal up from the hammy. You know, once you hit 30, those soft tissue injuries take a little bit longer uh, to get through. And as you can see, dudes missed pretty much all of football this season with the exception of a few plays just this last game. Back to, what, the second quarter of week one? So it could be worse. You could be down all of those guys. But if Keenan's on the mend and ready to go once we come out of the bye, that's at least one of your primary offensive weapons back in the fold at wide receiver. Uh, with that in mind, start looking at the bright side of this because I have some opinions about what I think the Chargers might do. Um, I also have my opinions about what they should do. You know, typically those things don't align. They have their own ideas in mind. For instance, we are welcoming back Mr. Jerry Atauchu. <sighs> Save your jokes. Keep it positive. Um, Jerry played relatively well in his last stint over in Denver. And we understand why he was brought in from a scheme perspective. You played in Denver. You played in Chicago. If you were on either one of those teams, the chances of you becoming an L.A. Charger uh, is probably significantly higher than any other available player in the league. So uh, if you're on your couch hanging out and you were in a Vic Fangio scheme at any given point in time in your life and uh, the Chargers come a knocking. Uh, not only will you have an opportunity to just be on the roster, you'll probably play. So welcome back, Jerry. Um, hopefully you can provide some sort of boost to the pass rush. Um, Jerry, um, a little bit older. He's not ancient at all. We're not talking about some guy in his 30s at this point. I don't think so. Late 20s, but I don't think he's quite 30 yet. He's got a little bit of gas in the tank. <sighs> Outside of that. I don't think that they should be done adding to the edge. Jerry would be more of a band-aid. Uh, Kyle Van Noy's played pretty well against the run, but as far as establishing himself as a pass rusher, not so much. Um, that was never the idea for him anyway. He was never supposed to be a full-time edge, but because of attrition, injuries, um, he's kind of been limited in the scheme. So he's got to play where he's needed. Totally understand that. But again, here's hoping that this is not the end of what they're doing to add um, to the edge. Now, there's a name that I think that they could potentially trade for. Um, it was a guy that I was pretty high on during the offseason that uh, Brandon Staley's actually complimented here in the past. It's Lorenzo Carter hanging out in Atlanta, not doing a whole lot. So be a really nice ad probably doesn't cost you very much especially uh when you look at what was given up in philly i'm not gonna go there not gonna go there positivity so with that being said lorenzo carter someone that they could probably acquire for not very much good idea and there's a theme here either got guys on rookie contracts 
that can come in or older cats uh, nearing the end of theirs. And so you'll notice that as we go along. So that was just one quick defender that I think that they could possibly take a look at, but kind of got to separated by tiers. So here's some names to watch in trade scenarios. And on the high tier, these are maybe even sort of kind of pie in the sky, but possible. Chase Claypool, still on his rookie deal over with uh, Pittsburgh and he meets the criteria of being a tall guy. So there's that. Uh, there's a middle ground here. He's fast also, which is what we're all clamoring for. And maybe, just maybe, Tom Telesco and company are willing to make an exception. Cause you know, if you run like mid four fours or lower, you're typically not their bag. But Chase a big um Chase is a big dude. Didn't Claypool go to Notre Dame too? Well hell, then absolutely. He's absolutely on the table. If you are uh alumni of Notre Dame, then yeah, Tom Telesco's interested. Doesn't matter who or what you are, what you do, what you do or what you've accomplished, uh, probably a chance that you could be a part. You too can be an LA charger. So outside of that. Uh, you have a one Mr. Brandon Cook, someone that I was lobbying for at the trade deadline last year. And then there are the stories that teams such as the Kansas City Chiefs are <sighs> calling up Texans to see if they can get their hands on him. And look, man, that can't happen. Notice the trend here. The good teams don't really get satisfied with just being where they are. If there's an opportunity to improve their squad, they're going for it. You talking about going for the jugular? That's the type of move you make when you're looking to win it all right now. <sighs> like the Eagles. All right, I'm going to stop talking about the Eagles. Um, So, yes, of course, Brandon Cooks makes sense to me. Again, fulfills that uh, dynamic aspect of a wide receiver play that the Chargers don't have. I mean, hell, if they were healthy in the wide receiver unit, Brandon Cooks would still be a uh, great asset to the team. Then there's Elijah Moore with the Jets on his rookie deal and dude wants out. Now, if he makes enough of a headache for them, then they're probably going to be willing to deal him. Uh, it's probably going to cost you at least a third round pick. But if he keeps uh, the humbug up, maybe a little bit less. Who knows? But that's another guy that adds some speed and explosiveness and uh, creativity to the offense. Again, all things that the Chargers lack right now in the passing game. And even if they were fully healthy, same thing. It's an element that they don't have. Didn't have it then. And now, since they're pretty much decimated in the wide receiving core, super helpful. Because the other issue is your offensive line is banged up. If you're going to be running a bunch of quick game, which teams have caught on to, then you need some guys that can create on short and intermediate routes more so the short stuff give a guy quick hitch smoke screen or something like that let him go to work make some people miss get some crucial yardage make it like an extension of the running game which that's another thing that we have to discuss here in a minute but i'll get to that and so those are kind of my high tier guys high tier but realistic for various reasons now there's the mid and midder tier. And I'm just lumping all this together because, I mean, because. Uh, Kendrick Moore, born, 
Patriots. Not a ex super explosive dude, dependable wide receiver, good hands, decent route runner. Um, if you want to throw a comparison to a player already on the team, he's more Keenan than he is uh, Mike. So he'd probably build a really, really good rapport with uh, Jay Herbo because the dude pretty much knows his assignments. He's going to be where he needs to be. He's got pretty reliable hands. Um, it's not going to be a huge playmaker for you, but it's someone that you can more than likely just get into the offense and take care of his business, and he'll help you move the ball down the field with regularity. Uh, don't know what his statistics are as a third down receiver. Haven't looked into that, but just from the eye test, what I've seen from Kendrick Bourne throughout the years is he's a reliable dude. So if you need some yardage, if you're looking to move the sticks, he's one of the cats that can get it done for you. Uh, we already mentioned Lorenzo Carter, so I won't rehash that. Uh, Marquez Callaway. New Orleans Saint. <clears throat> you already know what the connection there is. Joe Lombardi. Uh, Callaway is a bigger body dude, not super fast. He has that whole Mike Williams thing down the field where he's a big body that once he gets rolling, he's moving. But just from a pure speed perspective, he's not a blazer. Uh, the hands are okay. But at this point, if you're trading for a mid player, then you're just going to have to deal with whatever their shortcomings are. If you're just looking to fill some roles and get some bodies on the roster, he's probably as good as you're going to get from a mid-tier guy. So I wouldn't be shocked to see this happen at all. There's a connection there. Also a Tennessee dude. So there's the Ainsley thing and the Palmer thing. So it just kind of makes perfect sense. And then uh, Jerry Hughes, also defensively, is a, another uh, potential edge player. Just hanging out in Houston, doing his thing. He's played okay. I think Hughes is like mid-30s, 33, 34 years old. So we're talking about having one of the older edge rushing tandems in the NFL if he were to come in. But again, probably won't cost you a whole lot when you're looking at that trade that was Maiden Philly. I keep going back to Philly and I'm trying not to, guys, but man, that roster is stacked. And man, Howie Roseman really knows what he's doing. How does he keep fleecing people like this? Howie got naked pictures of everybody. It's got to be. Uh, someone should really look into that because the way that these deals keep happening and what teams are taking for their players is really concerning to me. But Schneider hiring private eyes on owners and stuff. Maybe someone should consult with whomever he's working with to look into Howie Roseman and how he's getting these deals done. Just, you know, just a thought. Anyway, so the connection's there. Uh, in 2011, when he was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts, guess who the director of player personnel was? That's right. Good old Tommy T. And you know how Tommy feels about his former Colts players and dudes that he drafted. So it could happen. Uh, yes, he's older, but he is effective. And it's probably one of the best Band-Aid situations you can have until Bosa comes back. And in that event, you now have Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and Jerry Hughes all rushing the passer. And that sounds great to me. Maybe it happens. We shall see.
but outside of just the players that they could potentially bring in, here are my thoughts about what I believe the Chargers should do from an offensive standpoint once they come out of the bye. Now, with that being said, or with this being said, there are some things that have to change. Some of it is technique on the offensive line. Uh, I almost call this man Dan Feeney because he's kind of been playing like him. <sighs> Matt Filer's got to get it together. He has some decent games, and then there are others, like last week, where I'm just kind of like, yo, this has got to be it. It's probably the end of the road for him. But Matt, I know it's in there, man. I know it. We've seen it. We saw it last year. We just need to see it more consistently this year. Um, Jamari Salyer has been a godsend at left tackle with Rashawn Slater being out. And uh, Trey Pipkins on the right side dealing with that MCL spring. Hopefully these couple weeks off will help him um, as far as getting on the mend and performing up to the level he was earlier this year because Trey was playing more than a serviceable role at right tackle. Eh, the problem right now, I don't know how many of you guys are noticing this, but our blocking from the tight end position has been horrid. Trey McKitty, I was one that was championing you when the Chargers drafted you a couple years ago in the third round with one of those, one of those baffling third round Tom Telesco draft picks. I understood the reason why they took you because they were looking for a particular type of tight end and you were the last of the Mohicans there and uh, they just snagged you when they could because they thought you would go not that long after. I could have seen you going in like the fourth round, so I get why they did it, but you were a much better run blocker last year than you are now and I need you to rediscover that. We absolutely have to have you because Donald Parham, big old 6'8 Donald Parham, as tall as he was, was a better blocker. And um, even so, when you think of Parham, you think of someone that's more of a contributor as a receiver, but man, Parham was, was handling his business as a blocker. And even in the limited snaps that he, he's had this year, you've seen that as well. But after that concussion last year against the Chiefs, and we all know how big of a deal that was and how hard of a time it was for him to recover from that and just remembering him being on the field like that super scary getting concussed again we don't know what his future is hoping the best for him because if Parham's in there this helps the offense in more than just the passing game but in the running game which is where I'm going with this because I'm rambling a little bit but look there has to be a renewed commitment to the running game your quarterback has rib cartilage damage we've known this for weeks now still not fully over that and his confidence looks shaken. And to me, the best way you help your quarterback out, regardless as to whether they're healthy or not, is to have a significant run game. Now listen, Austin Eckler's back there doing what Austin does when he can. Uh, the Sony Michelle thing, yeah. But I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep riding it. I'm gonna keep pushing it. Isaiah Spiller's gotta get some more touches played like three snaps last week and you didn't see much of anything at one run it was a little hesitant but the blocking wasn't great also and speaking of blocking again i saw a whole lot more zone blocking than i did power and when we ran power against the browns it worked well very well 
to the tune of outrushing Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But they got away from it. Saw a lot more zone concepts than what I, uh, I expected. But look, there has to be some commitment to the run. Even if you're not plowing teams over, you have to make them respect it. You give an opportunity for Herbert to drop back in the play action and utilize that to get some of these shots down the field because you're not going to manufacture them. Well, you have to manufacture them that way because you're not going to do it with five and seven step drops, which your offensive line is currently constituted. And also, like I said before, dude's confidence looks a little shaken. And um, some of those deep balls don't have the same stuff on them that they normally do. And I'm assuming it's going to be because of the rib situation. Now, these couple weeks off, I mean, we're probably around the point of where technically that timeline was for him to be fully healed somewhere around there. But everybody's body works differently. So I don't want to assume that I'm not going to put that on the guy. But let's bring this to a close here. Wrap this up. Four and three. Do I think it's over? No, of course not. It's a four and three team, a four and three team that's dealing with some questionable coaching decisions, injuries, all of these things together, and somehow they're still above 500. There's a path forward. Coaches go into the buy, reassess things, uh, make some adjustments, learn, grow. Team gets a bit healthier. They potentially bring some players in because sitting on your hands right now, I. I don't I don't want to believe that that's going to happen mainly I'm holding out hope because we saw the Chargers do some stuff this offseason that the Chargers just don't do so my hope is that that spills over into uh, before the trade deadline only got a few more days here so Tommy let's get it cracking on them phones my man bring in some talent use uh, those draft picks as currency man and Go get some dudes that can help you out on both sides of the ball, particularly at wide receiver. Help 10 out because that is our bright shining boy. And in order for us to thrive, because you put the future of this franchise on his back, you have to give him what he needs. No more band-aids. So, guys, um, hopefully some of this information helps you have a little bit better outlook and potentially some hope on things moving forward for the remainder of the season because we have to get through this rough patch um guys will start coming back here over the next few weeks uh joey might have like another month or so uh gutting it out through that uh well not gutting it out but healing up through that groin injury and surgery so we probably don't see him until uh, um, maybe the end of november maybe probably not until december we'll see how that goes but as guys start coming back and uh, guys that are actually playing now and playing through injuries start to get a little bit better. And then you add some outside help. There's still a path. And it ain't over until it is. And until that point, your boy's going to be here soldiering through it. And y'all should too, because this is the team that we love and support. Don't give up on them. It's not the way it works. Talk about fandom all the time. And... That's good and bad. Right now, we're going through the sucky part of it. But keep in mind, your team's still four and three, so could always be worse. God, please don't let it get worse. Anyway, you know who it is. It is Mr. T-O-P underscore F-L-Y-T-3 on Twitter. Mr. Bogang, or do not bang. And uh, catch y'all on the next one. 
no charges football this weekend so see what the rest of the league does and uh again let's keep those fingers crossed for some pre-trade deadline moves for your chargers catch you on the next one okay love you bye Craig, awesome as usual, sir. Thank you so much for giving you, us Craig. yet more awesome insights. Uh, no matter no matter the situation, we can always trust on Craig to give it to us truthfully, honestly, straight. and straight. Yeah, gives it to us yeah. straight. Doesn't BS, doesn't tiptoe around no issue. Gives it to us straight. Craig, thank you so much for coming back on again and giving us another awesome Craig experience. Thanks, um, well, I think that's going to do it for us this episode. Um, for those, uh, because we're on the bye week right now, I think we're going to reach out a little earlier for some Ask Bolt fams. Uh, so if you've got an Ask Bolt fam question, we're going to put them out Saturday, day earlier. So keep your eye on Twitter. Uh, and if you don't want to wait for Twitter or Reddit or anything like that, you can always go to chargerchat.com, go to the Ask Bolt fam Great section. Choice. You can put your question in at any time. You don't have to wait for us to post about that. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us here at Charge Chat. Any final thoughts there, Kev? No, man. I'm just uh, looking forward to football starting again. <laughs> I know. This is always, it's going to be another w- weird week with no Charger football to speak of. So uh, hopefully we get some good news between now and then in mm-hmm. the next episode. Everyone's we'll happy we out. have a new speedy receiver, something, something oh, Nostradamus y. And, and if it doesn't happen, don't yell like, at us. We're not in charge of season. this shit. It's bandy yeah. season if it doesn't happen. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Charger Chat, folks. Don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad, any place. Kid, love you. Bye. Kid, love you. Bye. Uh... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.